This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. हेलो एंड वेलकम टू न्यूज लॉन्ड्री हफ्ता अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं भूलते हैं आई एम गोइंग टू बी योर होस्ट फॉर दिस एपिसोड बिकॉज अभिनंदन इज गैलवेंटिंग अगेन ही इज इन मोरको एंड इज देर फॉर अ कॉन्फ्रेंस इज डूइंग सम सीरियस वर्क मधुज ऑल्सो आउट ऑफ स्टेशन सो इट्स गोइंग टू बी मी एंड रमन सर फ्रॉम द इन हाउस टीम एंड टू मेक अप फॉर आर लैक ऑफ इन हाउस टीम वी हैव टू वेरी डिस्टिंग्विश्ड गेस्ट विद अस नितिन सेठी He is senior associate editor with Business Standard. Of course, you've read his stories. If you care about news, or if you're an avid news consumer, you've read his stories. You've read his byline. Uh, before this, he was working as deputy editor at Scroll, and he was also senior assistant editor at both the Hindu and Times of India. He writes on governance and political economy, and has kept a deep focus on development, natural resources, energy, and environment. Thank, Thank you, you so much, over. Nitin, for being with us. on a day where you have a very interesting story that's come out mm. that we are going to be talking about <laughs> and of course we have ridesh joshi with us he's joining us for the second time very graciously thank you very much he's a freelance journalist he wrote some fantastic stories for news laundry during the elections he's senior he used to be senior editor with ntv india and uh, he's also written a book rage of the river the untold story of the kedarnath disaster and lal lakir recently he was in uttarakhand which is my home state and his home state and uh, he was covering the forest fire there which we should also be discussing this episode is going to be behind the paywall so uh, if you having issues subscribing then write to us at contact@newslaundry.com our app is not working so please uh, subscribe through our website and if you're facing issues with the website then send us money via paypal to prashant@newslaundry.com i'm going to just touch briefly on some of the headlines of the week and then we can begin talking with nitin and ridesh so the hindi imposition debate uh, took over there was a lot of commotion on this through the week uh, the center had released a draft education policy it recommended that students in non hindi speaking states should learn regional language hindi and english of course there was a lot of backlash raj thakre said don't incite us uh, there was a lot of backlash from uh, states in south india and then the center tweaked it on monday and now they don't specify languages for students to study uh, there was an incident of an iif plane that went missing uh, which was in the beginning there was some uh, lack of clarity on it no like whether it went missing or not and there no, was some it, conflicting it was flying over arunachal pradesh hmm. and uh, and then it disappeared so they this is the fourth day they are they are uh, searching for it hmm. and the uh, the plane is supposed to be accident prone the an32 which is designed back in the 80s and there's been no luck so far mm-hmm. they haven't been able to trace it the world celebrated the world environment day yesterday where un warned of dangers of air pollution delhi i think everyone's made peace we're all like theek hai <laughs> we'll just live with it terrible forest fires in uttarakhand which of course radesh will talk about in delhi the garbage mountain which has become a landmark for you know delhi when you're entering delhi you recognize the fact that you're entering delhi with that garbage mountain in gazipur is going to be taller than taj mahal by 2020 apparently and there's a severe water crisis in karnataka schools were shut and 5000 villages were hit in maharashtra also uh, another story that really made a lot of headlines was kejriwal announcing free metro and bus rides for women so that'll be something interesting we could discuss uh, whether it's a good idea bad idea the criticism against it a business standards report on uh, unemployment has been proven right the ministry finally after the elections released the data and confirmed that unemployment is at a 45 year high so all those people who were saying this is fake news 
and how this data is wrong and who are going after the reporter and the publication now have to eat crow things in congress are just the same lots of blame game uh, ashok gehlot said that sachin pilot should take responsibility for his son's defeat and uh, the big story was that the bsp and the sp alliance has also broken off mayavati said uh, akhilesh could not help us he couldn't get any other votes akhilesh got angry and said so be it but then mayavati just said in the end that okay it's not permanent so <laughs> we just may have the gadbandan back again uh giriraj singh of the bjp mocked bihar politicians including bjp leaders for attending iftar party i think amit shah apparently rebuked <laughs> him Though I don't know where the rebuke happened. Where was it? Does anyone know where the like well, did it he? It happens. I clearly remember during the UPA time also. Whenever there was something which suits Congress, particularly the reporters who covering the Congress beat used to come out that Sonia Gandhi ne aisa kaha hai. Sonia Gandhi bhot naraz hai. But Sonia Gandhi never used to come out on record. <laughs> so I mean, this is kind of very. So this is just Amit Shah ko bura lag raha hai. All the people who, who people who are sympathizers of you know a particular party they come out. And He hasn't publicly issued a statement no. or done anything. This happens okay. Okay. <laughs> based on sources. We have a very interesting letter on sources actually. So it'll be fun to get your views on that. Um, let's start off with your story today, Nitin. That's come out. Sure. Uh, where you've basically said that the Patanjali group with uh, Ramdev's aide uh, Acharya Balakrishnan. Companies associated to him have picked up more than 400 acres of forested common land in Aravallis of Faridabad. So tell us yes. a little bit about it, and tell us the implications of it. So we've all been hearing stories of how Aravalli has been turning into a real estate zone. Began with Gurgaon at some point. Faridabad became the new hotspot. We've all heard how real estate moves and how lands are purchased. I think what we found fascinating was that here was a company which at least uh, pretends and claims that it works largely in the FMCG sector and others has grown rapidly at rates that not few other companies have. And we came to know that actually it's quietly gone over and purchased a substantial amount of a village, and it's done. the land is purchased is quite fine for a business to otherwise do its job discreetly and not tell people but what we found was the land that is purchased is actually forested land uh, which the supreme court and various other entities have been saying protect protect uh, it is hilly terrain which traditionally supreme court orders and others have said should be protected as such no commercial activity mm. including agriculture is allowed there there was also a restriction on whether these lands can be bought at all or not so in 2012 the state government said these lands cannot be sold particularly in this village because they had mapped out and seen a lot of money was coming in and illegally purchasing land um, so from our record it's the records which are with us is, it comes out that the company through small front subsidiaries and a bunch of real estate dealers in faridabad went about uh, registering power of attorney agreements in different parts of the country to bypass these restrictions on land purchase and picked up lands between 2014 and 15 so this is almost a village you said it's a substantial part of a okay. village it's about okay. 400 acres in a village which i would say is about a third of the village hmm. and this is protected area it's fine. this is legally by supreme court rulings of 2011 these are lands that can only be owned as commons by the panchayat there are other supreme court rulings that say these kind of lands 
as a ravli should be protected there are other rules and regulations of the forest conservation act etc which say these things uh, these areas should be marked separately as forest even if they're not recorded as such and be kept away from any privatization and commercialization aravlis are um, one of the oldest fold mountains i think and they're a very ecologically very sensitive zone what kind of activities are they doing there this company so my colleague what, uh, i mean Kumar what is the- sambhav and i uh, went to the village looking at what they're doing at the moment what we could see traces of uh, cultivation that they already begun mm-hmm. but um, cultivation of organic food etc is what they're claiming at least on ground though it doesn't exist on paper beyond those in the company papers they don't reflect those businesses being done uh, what's concerningly problematic is that they've privatized these lands they've cordoned them off mm. uh, these lands can should not at least by law and regulation be cordoned off mm. at the moment you do not see too much physical activity on ground which also perturbs the villagers because a lot of them were wondering what would really happen i mean mm. it's we know from records again that it's a village which is on the cusp of development between gurgaon faridabad and delhi it's where a large uh, very broad highway passes by their roads being cut to that area once that does happen it's is the next extension of faridabad in some sense we've heard these stories of how faridabad wants to extend commercial spaces real estate is always looking for new lands this seems to be like a perfect land if you buy buy disputed property there and are able to convert or kill the dispute over time hmm. the property prices escalate so hmm. one could sell it off at huge profits and we've seen records of this happen in other villages in that area where disputed properties in the aravlis were bought and then sold off at great profits so you could earn super profits out of just managing the administrative ecosystem so to say or you could just do real estate development as has happened in gurgaon earlier really hmm. you've been traveling in uttarakhand and uh, this is something that i've also noticed i've grown up in uttarakhand as a kid i used to always go back home to nainital and steadily increasingly when you go back during april earlier you could see the mountains now you don't see anything there's just haze and the menace of forest fire so i want to know one thing first that is it worse than what it used to be and yeah. why like it ha- it because has- we've always had uh, we've always had people burn grass uh, burn forest uh, land for grass we've so always had so while doing so- the story i spoke to some of the finest of uh, you know people experts who who have, who have worked in in this area they are saying the same thing which you said uh, and they say that the fire people have lived with fire and fire is you know it has been there for a long time people have uh, you know dealt with wild animal and every everything but they have not been able or they have lived with fire it has happened at different uh, levels one is that uh, rampant construction has finished all those water sources in jungles earlier very very small water streams used to criss cross the forest landscapes and even if the fire uh, you know people you people also set fire people actually set fire in the hope that after monsoon they will get better grass for oh. their so now there people have migrated more than 1000 people according to official report in uttarakhand are ghost villages more than 1200 nobody lives there if you go in those villages you will find the room uh, houses locked so despite that so much fire is happening because the conditions are so that uh, any tree uh, people bra- blame actually pine but apart from pine also pre monsoon the, there is leaf fall hmm. and the situation is perfect for you know very conducive for forest fire to spread hmm. but 
you know because of lot of things and uh, if you google and you will find that in 2016 the uh, state government had a Uh, disaster management plan for forest fire. हाँ उस time भी बहुत हुआ था. I remember दो साल पहले also there was a lot. Of, yeah, but yeah. they had also put it on record. But if you go there, no one is bothered about it. But are mm. they natural fires or are no, they accidental fires? No, they are. They are actually uh, not. Uh, all of them are natural fire. But there is no natural fire actually. I would say. I mean, people. There is some reason. Uh, you know, the fire starts. But the point is that there are situation is such that uh, one I said. that there is no moisture there is no uh, water and uh, you know long dry seasons climate change so climate change, change is also like yeah, th- affect that is also there but mm. the government is also so lazy and corrupt that they allow it to happen hmm. you know uh, they ju- they just don't bother about if i could add to that yeah. Yeah. i mean something that he must have also noticed uh, traditionally fires has always been part of mountain ecology hmm. but they were controlled by drawing what's called fire lines through yeah. these forests it's a very active job that forest departments and communities would do before the summer sets in hmm. which kind helps cordon off fires or control them once they get lit off that process has fallen through simply because one of forest departments have become very decrepit um, they do not do the basic essentials then the kind of animosity that exists between the communities and the forest department the communities do not want to work with the forest department actively to do this because they believe the forest departments already taken over the land anyway trouble us a lot the small bribes to be paid all the time why should we work on some things that were taken away from us to safeguard so there's one a sense of this is a long history of alienation of forests from people in these hills and the forest management systems have crashed over the last 20 years i think and that leads to the fact that once exacerbated fires happen particularly under harsh circumstances like he's mm. talking about the dwindling springs etc you need more active management rather than what you had in the 80s and mm. 90s and we've actually gone back to the 70s era in Even some sense but nitin sir is very important i actually forgot to mention that the people are actually very hostile to the forest department huh. rightly so because you know you have been thrown out of the forest you are not allowed to use the forest produce mm. and all this so they unhe lagta hai ki jungle jal rahe hain theek ho raha hai hame kya hai hamara usme kya stake hai so it is very important that uh, one of the finest uh, you know um, uh, ecologist environmental expert professor uh, um, ajay rawat he told me that there are 350 forest guest house as the best of locations the forest department actually he said he interacted they also know this but they are not doing it because they think so, what, what they should do is that they should train all the, those unemployed youth and can bring very good workforce which can which can help to improve the uh, you know ecological tourism and also become a force to control the forest fire par unhe lagta hai ki ye hamari authority ko challenge ho jayega kal ko ye sab jo cheeze hain ki matlab koi hum apne why should we allow something so people who have been very closely working in this you know they I mean the irony of this that if you remember uttarakhand is the place where chipko movement happened yeah, yeah. in 2006 we had something called the forest rights act yeah. which was in some sense trying to restore these forest lands back to people uttarakhand has one of the worst records in implementing implementing forest rights act mm. and you would imagine a land which actually the state got created out of a movement for jal jungle zameen exactly. you would imagine yeah. they would have been at the forefront of implementing mm. it and regardless of what government we've had there all of them have ensured that people actually do not get reestablished rights okay so uh, we've had a bunch of letters last week uh, some of our subscribers were complaining about lack of enough reporting on climate change and environment in indian media so I want to know from you guys, and maybe we can start with Nitin, as someone who's been covering environment policy. How do you first a rate Indian newsrooms' attention to issues of environment and climate change? And in your experience, like what have been the hindrances? Do you feel like a newsroom is usually just they just ignore these issues and it's 
sort of sexier to talk about politics or you know like the BJP Congress whatever and these issues are sidelined yeah so two questions so let me take two minutes and put this with a little nuance it's good to look at how a society or a you know bunch of journalists in a particular time in a country report on certain issues if I was to compare India today with say at the same level of development any country in the global north we'll find actually we're doing a spectacular job of reporting with, on of climate. reporting okay. with very limited resources hmm. um individuals who are very motivated across newsrooms mm. and i'm speaking of newsrooms not only in english delhi based media but vernacular press does a fantastic job just yeah. that they don't use the keywords that we like to mention mm. as climate change yeah. but the reportage on drought issues of water resources fights over land you'll find almost every day all vernacular papers are filled with it just that they don't have the keywords that we search for when we mm. talk climate change it, it is a different language our vernacular our dif- regional languages have different representation of the same resource conflicts that said um i think also from the point say 2007 till date uh, our coverage has expanded humongously mm. yeah, i remember it was almost um, funny to be called an environment journalist at that time mm. people would look upon you and saying acha tiger pe likhoge <laughs> and that was the, i mean we used to actually call it tiger porn at times because <laughs> you would only be looking at whether tigers are being born or not okay and we've come a long way i think there's mm. a great sophistication that exists in the writers who write on climate change today and environment in general there is a point where the news reporter stops mm. and that's when we go away from the generics of saying jungle bachao to saying who's cutting it mm-hmm. and i think there all newsrooms face a challenge because at the forefront of this conflict is clearly an in- increased development agenda versus how do you conserve mm-hmm. in a country that wants to grow at 5 to 6% etc etc and the moment it reaches a point where you want to name and say these are the entities these are the individuals mm-hmm. who are doing what they're doing are the then fo- you suddenly find great challenges and we've mm-hmm. heard stories from across newsrooms not only in delhi but regional papers where that's almost impossible it's rare times that we are able to write with complete freedom uh, mm. i've been very fortunate or at least because i moved around i've been fortunate enough mm. to be able to do it hidesh has done fantastic job i would say people who in the vernacular do this uh, they're far more braver Mm. they risk a lot of uh, danger to themselves as individuals within the organizations that they exist and do this we don't capture it as much sitting in delhi in can fact, we do more yes it, humongously more it's interesting what you're saying because actually when you also look at data of journalists who've lost their lives in fatal attacks it's mostly journalists who've taken on mining mafias in local so most of the resource conflicts yeah, typically most of the journalists who've actually been killed I mean RTI of course RTI activists are there but also most of these journalists are people fact, covering mining mafia RTI, most of them were be doing were doing their RTIs on resource conflicts hmm. this is a true pattern across the country a lot of the conflict reporting that we hear where we find journalists caught in the crosshair we'll find they were also reporting on how resources hmm. were being somehow usurped by one or the other side hmm. in the middle of a conflict so i think we're doing a spectacular job yes um, what we must remember that overall our newsrooms are not capable of doing the deep work that is required on any field in fact mm. i would i mean i'd be counterintuitive to say um, because of a huge civic society pressure on these issues as the middle class grows mm. we've done much better on environment than we've done on several other issues like public health mm. it's i think it's Actually, far yeah. behind compared to the amount of highlight that environmental yeah, issues get true. I wish it was more. I'm not trying that's to say true. I should not quite... get more space, but <laughs> I think to be fair, uh, we are doing a pretty good job.
Okay, metro. Free rides for women in the metro and bus. Good idea or a bad idea? I think it's a good idea. Is it political? Like very stupidly people are like, is this it political? Is. Of course it's political. It is political. <laughs> I mean, I would say it is political. But uh, I think it's a good idea. But not so much in terms of security. Security Haan. is part of it. But as they are selling it, I won't buy it that way. It's definitely political. I think it is uh, good for their movement. I mean, if they want to be employed. I mean, I think Express had come out with a very good uh, this thing edit on this which in which they pointed out that the women contribute just uh, 16% of the total uh, employment in delhi so so oh really yes, okay. yes. Hmm. so i think it was 16% hmm. so 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 considering that i mean uh, if they have this uh, free movement through uh, public transport i think they will start you know thinking about employment Hmm. and uh, also i mean some basic things which i heard that uh, this the maid servants you know who have been working somewhere for 3000 rupees but they are spending about 800 rupees on their travel so they are going to save a lot of money so i think it is good it is and 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 it is not binding on those women who want to pay i think one but i guess every who will want to pay so no? that's no, no. when people can shed subsidy and prime minister's appeal on lpg uh, they should do. also buy tickets but there's a bheed bheed hui to i mean why would you want to stand on line you'd rather just then you already have master your smart card ha cards and all that's mm. true I will be nice actually those who can pay should sure. you know, and I think they should advertise it such also I'm sure what about you so I don't have a problem if anything is politically advantageous for a leader who takes a good decision mm. they should get political <laughs> advantage yeah. out of it yeah. Yeah, of the course. question is it a good thing I think the metric to look at it is from three perspectives mm. what you're looking for is easy mobility for disadvantaged sections whether it's women whether it's the poor that travel long distances there are different formats of discounting available across the world long distances discounted compared to short distances yeah. there are cities which are moving to make the public transport completely free mm. there is another side to this and i think that's the one where mr kejriwal is smartly avoiding is if you want to give discounts and subsidies at one side rightly so you need to tax the rich now who do you tax in delhi's transport case you obviously tax the people with the cars yeah. remembering that around 11% of delhi's geography is literally covered by cars and car slots that's all it is Relative 11% parking? Like parking. That, okay. when you park all your cars at night 11% of delhi's geography is covered by just cars and oh. we are not paying a penny for it right wow. remember mm. all the colonies with jam parks There's and no fights over fee. parking mm. so if mr kejriwal was actually purposefully talking of management of transport mm. and commuting in the city then it would be a twin prong attack you would say yes free up public transport provide subsidies to those who need it work out mm. a right mechanism maybe it's women to begin with maybe you can say long distance will be done rather than mm. just for women but you would also say put a congestion fee that will compensate mm. for the loss in revenue that you make here now you would also talk about where does the ridership come from we've not got any data either from the government right now or mm. otherwise to say how much ridership of the poor and women happens in buses how much happens in metro how much is pedestrian what are the commuting formats you have if you had this data in front of you you could make a reasonable guess of whether this is going in the right direction or mm. not right now i think um, mr kejriwal maybe it's a good decision but you 
cannot comment because there's no data out there to tell you hmm. what uh, transport systems are. I mean, perhaps having feeder buses for the last kilometer hmm. would be far more advantageous for the poor because they end up taking rickshaws, or autos. Or for safety also. Or I think safety. I have the because you don't you don't want to walk. They, they you know, the last lesser number that's of feeder where it gets buses. So I would have preferred that Mr. Kejriwal or whoever else is, and this is true of all previous governments for 20 years in Delhi. I remember congestion tax proposal came around 20 years ago in Delhi. Hmm. Since then, every chief minister has been putting it aside, including central government. You would say, I have this transport plan. These are the easy things I can do right now. In three years, I'll escalate to this level. The fact is, we've all seen in the last 15 years, you do everything to mishmash around with public sector as much as you can in public sector transport. You will not touch the private sector. If you remember the debate over BRT and everyone cried hue and cry and therefore we've never had any reforms in terms of... So again, last data set and you can end, I'll end with this. Saying on a main arterial road, 70% of the road space is covered by cars, each car carrying one or two persons. The buses get about 20% of the road space. Now, you would imagine hmm. a transport system that is moving 80% of your population would get additional road space. Cars should have should face a little problem. Therefore, yeah. you should escalate the amount of buses you have, public transport. But you need to have a plan in place hmm. and say, over five years, this is where we'll reach regardless of what the opposition we face. I think this is a smart half a cookie job that Mr. Yeah. KJ has done in some sense. All of you listening in, uh, the Chota Hafta, do subscribe so you can listen to the entire Hafta. We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.